You're listening to the Cool Collaborations Podcast, a podcast about success in collaboration, where we hear about collaboration successes from around the world, and we'll look into what made those collaborations work. I'm your host, Scott Miller. Hello and welcome to episode number 20 of the Cool Collaborations Podcast. I'm excited to record this session today because I'm going to run it solo. I'm going to do a solo show, just me speaking to a few elements of collaboration that I think are interesting. And then this will be the last episode ahead of our summer break. We'll be back in the fall. I'll be back in the fall with some new episodes, some new guests from around the world, and some new and exciting and interesting stories about collaboration success. I want to go back to basics for today's discussion and speak to the fundamental question of what is collaboration. And of course, this is my perspective on it. You've heard from 19 other guests on the podcast in the last few months. And in many cases, I've asked them outright what they think collaboration is. So I wanted to take this opportunity to speak to some of my thinking in this area and also give this solo presentation style a chance. So it's a pretty basic question to start with. What is collaboration? Collaboration to me is a creative process. It's about exposing and exploring innovative ideas with people or with a group of people in order to achieve a common purpose. Now, there's, there's really three elements to that definition. And if you kind of picture in your mind a three-circle Venn diagram, you could kind of see how these different pieces work together to create collaboration. The first part of the, the first circle is defining purpose. Of course, you have to have a, a purpose, a, a reason for your collaboration, something you're trying to achieve or maybe something you're trying to create. But regardless, this is the theme that binds the work together. It's about taking the efforts of a group of people and sort of pointing them in a particular direction. The second circle or the second part of collaboration or that collaboration description is about connecting people. Uh, And in this case, this is often viewed as one of the more difficult parts of collaboration. It's the getting people to work together. In part, this is because everybody is, is using their own set of values and viewing things through their own particular viewpoint. A lot of times it takes a significant amount of effort to create an atmosphere where a group of people can work effectively together. But of course, you really can't collaborate unless you have a group of people working together. The last uh, element, the last circle in the Venn diagram is what I would consider the most critical piece of the collaboration definition because without this piece, there is no collaboration. It's It's just a group of people working to do something, but it's this creative element, this idea that we're drawing in a collaborative bit of work. We're drawing from the experience of everyone in the room to create something that perhaps hasn't been done before. We're trying to find new solutions to complex problems, and that's not done using existing knowledge. Uh, That would be just applying something we already know. This is about discovery. It's about really harnessing the collective wisdom of a group of people. So those are the three elements in my mind that are critical to collaboration, the defining purpose, the connecting people, and the creating ideas or the creative element. We're going to go into each one of those in a little bit more detail, and I'm going to try and add some some additional thoughts as we go through. 
Now you have a Venn diagram stuck in your head with creativity, purpose, and connecting people. So let's talk about the first part of collaboration. That's the the purpose part, the creating and defining the problem. Collaboration is almost always undertaken to deal with a complex problem. So we, we will think of this in terms of how well we can deal with the problem on our own and whether or not we even can deal with the problem on our own. Interestingly, though, we will often try to solve complex problems on our own and not realize that other expertise is needed. That's, that's sort of our bias, our way of thinking about things, is that we feel we have the tools, we've been trained in you know, a particular, particular issue. Let's say it's a, you know, a water management issue, and if you're trained as a water management specialist, you're going to feel like you're equipped to handle the problem, and you may not feel that you need to, to bring in other perspectives or other people. And that's part of the challenge of defining a problem or a purpose for collaboration. Sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. We don't know that we need to bring in another perspective or that another perspective is going to make a more elegant or a more appropriate solution for whatever problem we're trying to deal with. So as we start to think about what makes an appropriate complex problem, it often comes down to the question we ask. So we think about things like climate change, and we come at it typically as a very simple question, like how do we solve climate change? How do we reduce water use? How do we increase environmental protection? But often the kinds of complex problems that are most effectively dealt with in a sort of a collaborative way are ones where there is a bit of a tension. It's not a a yes or no kind of question. It's more of a this and that type of question. Let me give you uh, an example. I often work in the water management area. I've worked in Alberta in that setting for a long time. And often the challenge that is faced is how do we allow water to be used for things like development and supporting the economy and creating jobs, and at the same time ensure that our environment is protected? In that regard, it becomes an this and that kind of question. How do we achieve two things at the same time? So basically what we've just said is a complex problem is required and that one of the ways to get to a complex problem is to have a this and a that type of framing of the question. So this is what makes the purpose portion of collaboration critically important because it provides some guidance, kind of the problem for the group to solve. But it's hard because we as individuals have to grapple with that same issue and understand the bounds of where we would be willing to go, what kinds of things are important to us, and then kind of taking that step of being willing to show up. As, as uh, Stephanie Roy McCallum would say, and she was my first guest on the podcast, you know, being able to show up as a whole person, that these kinds of problems are difficult for all of us uh, as individuals and as a group, that we are grappling with it kind of in real time. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be clean. It's not necessarily even going to get to a solution. But the purpose is really about level setting, setting the why you're there, and then putting some thought around it so that you understand as a group and as an individual what is needed. 
The second circle in our collaboration Venn diagram is the connecting people dynamic. I've come to think about this as building trust amongst a group of people so that they can really achieve their purpose or their goal together. Now, there's a lot of other aspects, of course, that come into play when people are interacting as a group. Fundamentally, trust is the basis of building a good collaboration, and it's helpful to think about what what trust is. Trust is really a complex emotion, sort of like love in a way, that is drawing from our past experience. We're always assessing and relating things back to our previous experience. We're, of course, taking assessments of what's happening in the current situation, how that's making us feel, and whether we're feeling safe. And then we're taking that information, those assessments that are happening in our brain and forecasting into the future as a way to predict whether or not we can expect the same kinds of of reactions and results into the future. All of these things are happening without us really being aware of them. And we build a sense of trust. It's a feeling of trust that comes from these things that are happening in our brain using multiple pathways all at the same time. It's also one of the main reasons people don't want to collaborate. It does take a lot of energy. It's messy. Now, there's a lot of different places we can go with this conversation. And there's, you know, there's methods and there's tools for establishing connections between people. But what I think I want to focus on for the conversation is two aspects that I think are worthy of spotlight. And they're kind of the two E's. They're empathy and equanimity. That first E is is really about understanding another person's emotions in a particular situation or relating to a particular issue. So for instance, if they're really passionate about your group's collaborative purpose, empathy is understanding what that passion feels like and how that passionate feeling could cause people to act or react in certain ways. Having empathy does not mean that you have to feel what the other person feels. It just simply means that you understand what it means to be passionate and that those kinds of feelings in the other person are coming up and that you understand what that feels like. Empathy is a connector. It helps us understand one another, but it means we have to really be open to the other people so that we can try to understand the emotions behind what they say or how they act. We don't always get it right, and we screw it up all the time, but the point is we're trying to fully see the other people in our collaboration. So with that first E being empathy, my second E is equanimity. Equanimity, for me at least, is knowing that our natural tendency is to react to the things around us and to judge those things, but deciding instead to suspend those reactions and simply accept the things that are happening around us when we're collaborating. Now, you might consider that equanimity is part and parcel of empathy, but I like to point to it as a separate aspect so that we can actually put some focus on it and give it a name. Neither empathy or equanimity is easy, but empathy is the skill that allows us to connect, while equanimity allows us to accept what's happening, not make them our own, and not be reactive. A great deal of the people dynamic in collaboration is about managing the interactions to create belonging, to create familiarity and safety, so that things like empathy can occur. Throughout the podcast so far, you've heard many of my guests speak to various aspects of people dynamics in their success stories, and I imagine we're going to be diving deeper into this in future episodes.
The final element in collaboration, that last circle in the diagram, is creativity. If we remember back to the beginning when we were talking about collaborating on a complex problem, trying to achieve a solution between these sort of two seemingly opposing objectives, then it follows that we are looking for novel and creative solutions. We need to think sort of outside the box, to use that that phrase. And in collaboration, that unique solution is created from the unique experiences of the people in your group. It becomes kind of like a puzzle to discover what experiences people have to offer and then drawing on those experiences to create a unique way to address your collaborative problem. You might note that I didn't say our expertise, but rather I put emphasis on our experiences. This is not to say that technical expertise isn't important, but that we kind of need to look at it through the lens of the people's experience with the issue. When we join forces to collaborate, the framing of the issue is important, as we mentioned when we talked about that first circle in our diagram, but also that the process we use to draw on people's creativity and their experiences is also critically important. And there's some pretty cool methods for tapping into people's creativity, such as the three-step Disney process, where we look at an issue or a problem from the perspectives of a dreamer, a realist, and a critic. Using the dreamer perspective, we try to capture any idea that comes to mind, regardless of how wacky it might be. The realist perspective would then lay out how those ideas might come to life. It's, it's really about putting a method to these interesting ideas that we've come up with in the first step. The final step is the critic perspective, where we actually start to look for flaws or gaps in the idea and how it would be executed. Now, it's fun to work through that kind of a process, but what you'll see right away is that people will jump to the critical perspective and start taking ideas out of the mix before they've ever explored how they might work. I find it interesting to have this idea of people's experiences in mind when we're figuring out who should be part of our collaborative group. We will often think about the purpose and then select people whose expertise and experience directly tie to that issue. But if we think about the kinds of experiences that might give us the broadest variety of potential solutions, we might pick different people, even people that don't have any direct experience or expertise in whatever issue we're trying to address. I think this is a critical element of collaboration. Creativity is drawn from people's experiences. And without creativity, you can't generate a novel and unique solution to a really complex problem. So there you have it. Collaboration defined in three main pieces. Defining a purpose, usually wrapped around a complex issue. Creating a group of people who can work together and build trusting relationships amongst one another. And a creative element that draws on the experiences of those people so that we can craft novel and unique solutions to address the problem. That brings us to the end of episode number 20 of the Cool Collaborations podcast, the last episode of this season before we break for the summer. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform so that when we return in the fall, you'll be sure to see the new episodes as they come up. Of course, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this solo episode or any of the episodes throughout the first series of the Cool Collaborations podcast. Until we return... Happy collaborating. You've been listening to Cool Collaborations. 
please make sure you visit collaboration-dynamics.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, in Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list so interesting things like blog posts, upcoming training, or collaboration tips and tricks can come to your inbox. If you like what you heard, I'd be grateful for a rating in Apple Podcasts. Of course, if you'd like to just tell a friend about the show, that would be great too. Check out the show notes for links and contact information. Until the next episode, thanks and happy collaborating.